This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. You're tuned to Radio the voice of Hawks Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth, and it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio Glenn Trillo from the Stewart Group in Hastings. How are you going, Glenn? Very well, thanks, Ken. Yourself? Oh, I'm pretty good, thanks. Now, before we get into today's topic, which is about unhealthy attachments to bad investments, mm. just to remind our listeners, the Stewart Group, what's it all about? Yeah, we do um, goals-based financial planning. Um, so, uh, you know, we yes, we invest people's funds, but we do it in such a way that uh, we marry up the investment to what their goals and objectives are long-term. Uh, so we put in full financial plans into place, and we do what we call a financial roadmap with people. Along with investments, we also do um, risk insurance as well to ensure that if uh, the unforeseen happens to people, that they are covered, and also KiwiSaver as well. And you have a holistic approach to finance at your place, don't you? Very much so. And it's one-on-one, so you get to know the person that's coming through the door, and might I suggest that that person then becomes your client or your friend almost? Very much so. Um, yeah, we The amount of uh, working alongside aside, um, our clients um, is certainly a lot greater than when I was uh, back in my banking back um, days. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we get to know them very well. We get to know uh, what makes them tick and what goes on in their lives. And it's, uh, it's great to be part of. And investing or financial advice is more than just a one-off, isn't it? You guys like to keep in touch and get your clients to look at it quite often to make sure it's working for them. Certainly. I mean, we see our clients um, on average at least two, two to three times a year. Um, they have um, online access to um, you know, their portfolio access so that they can track how their portfolio is going as well. But mm-hmm. it's really about sitting down with um, our clients on a fairly regular basis and keeping in touch with them. No, it's not just for rich fellas, is it? No, it's not just for rich fellas at all, no. And um, yeah, and that's why um, there's different parts of our business. It's not just the wealth management. Mm-hmm. It is KiwiSaver. It is risk insurance. And it's also really good to start working with um, you know younger people. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, early on, who, if you put in the right stepping stones now and make the right decisions now, it can make such a good impact later on in their lives. Now, today we're going to talk about unhealthy attachments to bad investments. Mm. That's a bit of common sense, isn't it? That's the last thing we want. Well, it is, and I think we've all been there before. Um, You know, um, I I did an article on this fairly recently, and a client was sharing with me um, they had purchased a property close to a highway, Mm -hmm. Um, so quite a busy road. And they thought planting trees, putting in double glazing, it would almost make the problem go away, the problem being noise, of course. And they spent, I don't know if you've ever done retrofit double glazing before, Ken, Um, and um, and of course with all the planting, they spent tens of thousands of dollars Mm. on this house, and at the end of it, they still were living next to a busy, noisy highway. Yeah. Um, 
and they still do at the moment and they were talking to me saying Glenn I don't know maybe we should sell the property but if we sell the property we've spent all this yeah. money on the property we may not get it back and it's what it's sort of what I term as the sunk cost fallacy they've spent so much money on the place yeah. they still haven't cured the problem but they don't want to move on from it um, I've done it before with an old um, classic car. Yes. Um, you, know, you buy an old car, you buy cheaply, there's a reason why it's cheap. Exactly. You spend a small fortune on it. It's not worth much more than what you bought it for, and yet you've still got more money to spend on it. Yeah. So where do you stop? Might I suggest there's something called due diligence that both you buying that old car <laughs> and your friends <laughs> buying that house should have investigated. I mean, actually, that's a good point that you raised because there's a bit of furor at the moment in the press about people who are living out in Havelock North mm. and the smell from that um, that mushroom farm. Yeah. Well, that mushroom farm's been there since Adam was a cowboy. And I think if you don't know about that mushroom farm and you've lived in Hawke's Bay for more than a couple of years, there's something wrong with you, isn't there? Well, yeah, um, and that's the argument there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I guess it's a bit like buying a place near an airport. Indeed. And as the airport expands, well, you, you kind of have to accept the airport is going to expand along the way. Yes. And you've, you've chosen to buy there. And you're right with the mushroom farm. I think suburbia is catching up with the mushroom farm. Yes. And, um, but as you say, it's been there for an awfully long time. Yes, so, so. You, you, in the main, you do know what you're getting into, but... Uh, you also made a suggestion in these notes uh, out of the newspaper that have you ever sat through a movie and you're going to stay there till the bitter end because you paid for the tickets? Yes, I am. Yeah, and, and, the, <laughs> and the movie's terrible. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> you know, you're watching this movie, but you've spent $12 on the ticket. So um, along with your popcorn and ice cream, I'm sure, Ken. So uh, yeah. you're going to sit through it. Yeah. And you make the analogy there that um, because we've paid for the ticket that – I guess we could be sitting in there that because we hope it's going to get better and it doesn't. Mm. And it is the same with some investments, isn't it? That, okay, we, we make an investment, uh, good or bad, and for whatever reason we decide, and this is what you're talking about, we decide we're going to stick with it, we're going to run with it. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think um, there's a monetary aspect to it. You, you put in good hard-earned money into it and you want to see it um, – you know, uh, give you the returns that you're wanting. You also, I think, human nature says you don't want to be proven wrong. Indeed. Perhaps. Okay, so there, there's a bit of pride that comes into that as well. But I think it's really important to understand that, or accept rather, that not every investment is going to be a winner. Some investments will not perform for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Either you haven't done your due diligence, yeah. or perhaps, perhaps is actually. Um, Think Kodak. Now I know a lot of sure. people use Kodak as a as an analogy of what happened, but you went from thirty five mil film to the digital cameras, and overnight Kodak was a bit of a basket case. Oh, it was a dog, yeah. Um, and yet people still hold on yes. to Kodak in the, yeah. in the hope that it's going to come back somehow, and it's uh, not. No, and not even investment is going to be a winner. So uh, I've spoken on the show before. My colleagues have about diversification. Yeah. To take away, um, you know, the the change in technology and the impact that that may have um, on businesses and the like, you need to be really well diversified. Yeah, I suppose this is the uh, sixty-four thousand dollar question. This is why you're doing your job, and I'm not. But can you spot a bad investment? I think you can. Uh, I think there's due diligence that you can do on investments. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think um, investments can be hyped and their possible returns. Mm-hmm. And if it's too, if it sounds too good to be true, we've heard that yeah, before as absolutely. well. It often is. Um, but sometimes it is just a genuine, there's been a shift, yep. whatever that may be. Um, 
but also accept that investments and technologies and industries come in and out of favour. Yeah. Um, so whilst on one hand I'm saying, look, don't fall in love with your investments and know when it's time to mm. let go, also you need to look in and say, well, is this just the tide going out but it's going to come back in and it's cyclical? So you need you need that professional advice as to when to hold and when to call it a day. Yeah, and possibly with uh, investing, uh, I guess it sounds like we're almost talking about the share market here, but it could mm. be any investment. You probably need to invest the money that you can afford to lose. Uh, yeah, there's some truth to that. Even more so if you decide to go and try and chase a winner or the the next mm. best thing. Um, Recently, I've got I've done a, a bit of a, a few sessions on Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, and Bitcoin is certainly one of those investments. I don't really call Bitcoin an investment as such; um, it's more of a gamble, yeah. and it is gambling. That's a sort of investment, if you will, or gamble that you would put money in that you can afford to lose. Yeah. Investments done right. It, it shouldn't be about just putting in money that you can afford to lose because done properly, well diversified, absolutely not. I mean, people shouldn't be able to afford to lose all of their superannuation for retirement. Yeah. So you need a structured plan, professional assistance, and done properly. That's the key, isn't it? Professional assistance. Because professional assistance. We might all like to think that you know when Bitcoin first came out, that's a good example. Um, if you got in early days on paper, you could be damn near billionaire but the reality of it now is that you know you're probably going to be uh, stuck with almost worthless bits of paper would you say in the the long term uh could well be and and certainly what's going to happen in in that space is they're going to go there's a there's a a high uh, quite a high number of these currencies out there these Mm. cryptocurrencies Mm. out there and you would expect them to um you know reduce to a much smaller number so some of these currencies are going to end up being worthless we just don't know which ones yeah. it is obviously we need to come and see an expert much like yourself but even that's not a guarantee is it because uh, we come to see you and you're going to preach of course diversification which is really what we need yeah. but yeah like you say there is no such thing as a free lunch is there there's no such thing as a free lunch yeah um but you know as i say um a well-structured investment plan yes you will see some volatility mm-hmm. you will see the highs and lows um, but well, you know, well implemented over the long run, you, you'll get a good return in your investment, and, and that's your expectation as an investor. Mum and dad investors are probably—I might be totally wrong on this—but they're probably more sensible about investing. That they will come and you will say to them, "Hey, look, tomorrow it's going to go down. The next day it might go up, but sooner or later, at the end of the track, and let's give it five or seven years, you're going to come out all right." Mm. Would that be the case? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if the if the plan is robust and has been well thought out and implemented, absolutely, you'll you'll come out well. At what point, Glenn, do we decide that this is a bad investment? Let's get out. But like you say, most people are either too embarrassed uh, to admit that they've made a mistake and they stay there till a bitter end. But is there a point that you would say to someone? Bail, Ken, bail. Sure. And, and, and I think it's often when um, people have not diversified, they put mm. all their eggs in one basket or their money into one or two investments. And if you see a real paradigm shift in, the, in whatever it is that you've decided to invest in, it's falling, you're losing sleep, you don't think you're going to achieve your goals, it's probably time to call it a day. Um, 
you know, in a really well diversified portfolio, you will have some investments that won't perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we accept that. And yes, many of those underperforming investments will come back and will perform in the future. But there will be the odd one that will not perform. And as an as a professional investment um, advisor, such as ourselves, we will make that call and we will actually take people out of those investments mm-hmm. and make the decision for them. That's a good idea. Um, and but for for the most part, you don't even um, you don't even feel the impact of that investment having gone bad. It doesn't mm-hmm. often happen, just because you're so well diversified. Yeah, you come a cropper when you put all your money into the one basket. What are some of the old standards that? I'm not saying never fail, but they're like the you know, the golden eggs that if you put them into whatever you're now going to talk to us about, um, are there some of those that still exist? Because if you're looking forward, you might say, okay, well, technology is the other way to go. For instance, I don't know, let's talk about Tesla cars. Mm. You know, they seem to be the future. Um, and if you put your money in there, it would almost be money well spent. Is that the case? Or Yeah, and, and yeah, Tesla cars is... Um is running at a quite a significant loss at the moment and has been for some time. I think they are hoping to be showing a profit later this year. But people are still investing in them, aren't they? Yes, they are. Because of what you've just said, um, they think that it is the future. Mm. Um, It's electric cars. And it's not just an electric car. It's a performance electric car. It's it's one of the um, sport models of the electric cars. Um, So you would think to yourself that um, this is a good bet. However, Tesla cars, they're not Toyota. They're not... Nissan, uh, they're not Mitsubishi. Mm. So, and what I mean by that is these very large Japanese or European manufacturers, Volkswagen and the like, these are huge manufacturing car makers and they can produce cars on volume. And I think that's been Tesla's mm. downfall. Um, downfall, of course. Now, that's not to say that they won't um, resolve those concerns, mm. but you are taking a risk. So, you know, if you if you're looking at Tesla cars, I know that's just an example, yes. but you decide that is that is where you want to be, and you're going to put um, much of your wealth into Tesla cars. You're taking an awful risk yeah. because if they don't um, resolve their um, issues around being able to produce these cars um, at volume then Tesla cars may not be around in, in mm, years. Indeed. Mm. So if someone comes up to you and says, uh, "Look," Electric cars are obviously the way to go. I know that the company is losing money at the moment, yep. uh, but let's look down the uh, the track four or five years when everyone's going to be driving electric cars. They're all going to cost $20,000. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Would you be saying to that customer, yeah, well, let's let's do that. But a company that's losing money, would you actually recommend at all that we invest in them? Yeah, it's very uh, specu- speculative, mm. isn't it? Um, what, you, what you tend to find in a really well-diversified portfolio, and I'll give you an idea. I mean, a, a, cl- a typical client's portfolio of Stuart Financial Group, they have over 8,000 securities in about 44 countries. Mm. So it's really well-diversified. Yes, so there will be some of those companies that you've just mentioned to me, the likes of Tesla cars in there, but it's only a very, very small percentage. Mm. Okay. I do have um, a very small handful of clients who say to me, Glenn, I want, I understand that we have these alternative type um, offerings in my portfolio. However, I want a slightly higher piece and I want it separate. So 
We do have the ability, and we do from time to time, we'll set up a secondary portfolio and we'll specifically hold some of these um, alternative-type offerings. Mm-hmm. And and that is when, um, as you mentioned before, I have the conversation with the client, look, that's fine as long as you're willing or prepared to lose the money. Mm. If you are, that's fine. Let's if it's it. not going to um, have a material impact to your future. I heard an interesting article on the way to work this morning, and I don't understand it. I'm sure you can explain it to me. It was about someone borrowing shares of someone who owned the shares, mm-hmm. selling the shares, mm. and then giving the shares back to the person they borrowed them from. Yeah. What, what's that all about? How does that work? Yeah, it's not something that we're an advocate for. Mm. Um, it does happen, um, and it is actually quite a um, a well-known fairly common form mm. of trading, um, but it's not something we advocate for. It, it also has a high level of risk to it as well. Mm. So. so how does it work? How can you borrow something off someone, sell it, and then they get it back? Yeah, because um, you do that, but they, they're expecting a higher rate of um, yeah. return than what they would otherwise get if they had kept on to those shares, and you're expecting that those shares will um, rise to a, a higher value in the future, and you can sell them back pay that person back um, at an agreed rate of return and you pocket the difference. Is that the problem when we're investing in the share market or, or any market, Glenn, that if we don't come and see guys like yourself for some sound advice, that we can get caught up in the hype or the get-rich-quick scheme? Yeah, very much so. The, the other thing that is um, that was very common around the global financial crisis time, and that was leveraging off your shares, so mm. therefore actually borrowing against your shares, money, mm-hmm. to then purchase more shares. Um, that's actually okay, and that's actually, that, that has a very um, strong argument to do that, but is when you leverage up 70 80% on those shares, yep. and you go out and buy more shares, if there's a correction on the market, you can be well and truly exposed, and, and it's basically you can end up like you can on a property whereby you're in negative equity, you owe more than what the value is worth. Mm-hmm. What then happens, though, is um, the lender makes what they call a margin call and they force you to sell at a mm. certain point, and it could be the worst possible time to sell because you, you realise that loss on paper and you could lose out yep. quite significantly. One of the notes that you had in your newspaper article I wonder if you could maybe just clarify it for us, mm. and, and it was that understand how markets work. Now, that looks pretty good in, uh, in black and white and you talking about it, but I might suggest to you that most people wouldn't have a clue how markets work full stop. Sure, yeah. And that's where getting advice, mm. um, you know, Google will only provide um, you so yeah, much information. That's right. Okay. Um, but yeah, seek advice from a professional. Um, You'll hear us talk about diversification repeatedly. Okay. Also understand that there's a lot out there that, you know, this is the next best big thing. Um, It's undervalued, so buyer now is going to go up. The market is very good at pricing in all known information. So there's not a lot of shares out there or stock that you can buy that that information has not already been priced into. Mm. And I see this a lot with people. They they get a hot tip from their neighbour or their friend, they buy these shares, it doesn't perform in the way they expect it to, and simply put, the market is already aware of all these so-called 
you know, um, great things about this stock and it's already been priced in or they, the market just doesn't believe it and the price reflects it. In the old days, we used to talk about blue chip shares or blue chip investments, which, mm. you know, you put your money there, you can't go wrong. Is that still applicable today? Well, blue chip, um, they're called blue chip investments for a reason. Mm. Um, they are, um, well, sort of more your larger cap companies, what I call larger cap companies. Um, like Fletcher's. The, like Fletcher's, mm. there you go. Um, Mainzell. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, these pr- companies were household names, mm, large indeed. companies, and yet Fletcher's a, is in trouble. Yeah. Mainzell, of course, hit, hit the wall. Um, so things, you know, they can still go wrong. Yep. Um, but once again, if you diversify and buy a broad mix, you should still be okay. Yeah. Just about out of time, Glenn. Just uh, maybe a bit of a recap for our listeners. Uh, so just highlight some of the best points about unhealthy attachments to bad investments. Yeah, I think um, don't fall in love with your investments, mm. okay? Don't let your pride get in the way of making good decisions. Seek advice um, from a professional um, and diversify, diversify, and diversify. Don't buy a house next to an airport. Exactly that. <laughs> and, and complain about it later. That's right. Just to remind our listeners, Glenn, we want to come and see you or any of the team at the Stewart Group, which, by the way, have been in business for more than 32 years. Where are you? Yeah, we're at 204 Cameron Road in Hastings. And if we want to call you, what's your number there? 878-8961. As always, our pleasure, Glenn. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next time. Thanks, Glenn. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.